Let's start with a trivia question. Name the Western North Carolina school with the largest student enrollment. If you guessed AB Tech, well, you probably took a peek at today's topic and guessed. More and more of our students, in particular our younger students, are staying closer to home. And as a result, the younger demographics stay here and choose AB Tech as their first choice versus a university a greater distance from our service area. I'm Matt Pikin, and this is The Overlook, a daily podcast about the news, arts, issues, and trends of Asheville, North Carolina. I was surprised to learn about 23,000 people take classes every year through AB Tech. Today's guest is Terry Brazier, who has spent 10 years as the college's vice president for student services. As tuitions and student debts everywhere rise hand in hand, students across the demographic spectrum are turning to technical and community colleges. I talk with Cherry Brazier about how AB Tech has evolved to meet the broadening backgrounds and goals of today's students, how the school is partnering with businesses in a variety of industries to produce employment-ready graduates, and the challenge of student engagement when everyone lives off campus. It's easy and economical to promote your event on this podcast, whether it's an upcoming play, concert, fundraising gala, or anything else you want my audience to know about. I can talk up your event right here for as little as $40 an episode. To hear sample ads and order up your own, go to podavl.com slash advertise. Just fill in a few details, pay right on the website, and I'll do the rest. That's podavl.com slash advertise. I began my conversation by asking Terry Brazier about the reasons students find AB Tech and whether those have evolved over his 10 years with the college. I think so. I do see that things have shifted as we become more diverse and we've enrolled. In particular, over the last few years, our Latinx students have increased in number. So their values, their beliefs and viewpoints of Higher education may be a little bit different than the cultural norms that we're used to, but we have seen a blossom of diversity over over time. Uh, Another factor has been the pandemic. Obviously, we cannot rule that out. I think post-pandemic, we have been challenged with re-engaging our students and the life of the institution. More students are looking for online opportunities as a way to access education, which is a great thing. I think it has helped us increase the footprint of access that we can provide our service area and beyond our service area and accessing a lot of our programs. Most of our programs can be completed online with exception of a lot of the industrial trade, career tech ed programs, obviously the hands-on and the allied health programs. And that's the area where the college has seen a lot of growth, it seems like. While certain programs and enrollment in general is down, Mm -hmm. that the students seeking out more trade and repair and construction skills, that is markedly increased. Yeah, and I think that's part of the change. Students in general are looking for quicker return on their investment. So short-term micro-credentials, certificates is what we call them. A lot are looking at our continuing education, economic workforce development programs that can be weeks long in, in nature. We just started a commercial truck driving program, oh, I guess a year or two ago, that's really taken off and high demand, great return on that investment and that the students can invest a few months of time and energy and get that CDL and then make $50,000 a year. 
We started a barbering program a number of years ago, just to give you a sense of the scope of offerings that we provide here. That's been an extremely popular program. That is a pretty intense time-invested program, however, so it takes a lot of time, a lot of hours to complete that, that credential. But again, gainful employment in a specific profession on the back end of that. So I, I do think things have changed. That I think the reasons to enroll at core remain the same in that it's a cultural norm for most. It's an expectation of a lot of our, in particular, our younger generations. Our adult learners, however, are looking for a shorter, more quick return on investment of their time and energy and more online offerings. And they want to make sure that their return on that investment of time is going to be real. So let's talk about the economy part of it. When I went to community college way back in the early 80s, I remember it was $50 a semester. Mm -hmm. That was my tuition. Obviously, costs have gone up. But one of the talking points, I imagine, for any parent who's about to send their child to a university or college is just these, these skyrocketing tuitions and potentially saddling people, their kids with six-figure debt sometimes with student loans, just to be able to accommodate those kind of tuitions. What is the cost now for students to attend AB Tech? For a curriculum course at AB Tech is $76 a credit hour. So most of our associate degrees range between 60 and 76 credit hours to complete a full-fledged associate degree program. Now, you talked about older students and uh, some of the continuing education programs. I want to focus a little bit on younger people okay. and reasons they might choose a community college today to start out their curricular academic-based pursuits versus yesteryear. I know cost is part of it. Is also what they're choosing to study, has that evolved? And has the job market itself necessitated changing how students pursue their college degrees and college educations? Absolutely. I do think that a big factor, in addition to cost of attendance, obviously, is proximity to home. So a lot of students in particular, I mentioned our Latinx community, a strong sense of family. They want to be close to their family. They don't want to travel to Charlotte or Raleigh or out of state to go to a college or university. They want to stay here. Most of our students, they take classes, they work, and they take care of family. So to do all that, you got to be close to home. So I do think more and more of our students, in particular our younger students, are staying closer to home. And as a result, the younger demographics stay here and choose AB Tech as their first choice versus a university a greater distance from our service area. Has the job market itself and what employers are looking for, has that changed with technology advancements, with AI, and I imagine just the specter of kids potentially choosing careers that might be phased out through technology, that has to weigh on their heads, which I imagine to some degree, correct me if I'm wrong here, speaks to why some of the hands-on trades are maybe doing better right now in terms of enrollment because you need repair people, you need truck drivers. These things, short of Elon Musk outfitting 18-wheelers to be self-driving, these things look like they're going to be jobs and needed jobs for many years to come. Do you think that's playing a role in why community colleges and particularly technical college in the pursuits and the, and the programs that you're offering are of a higher demand now than maybe they used to be? I think that is a huge reason as to why they're in demand. That has changed over time a little bit, though 20, 30 years ago, employers were looking for 
similar traits in the people they hired that they were tech savvy. Uh, back then, it was more automated systems, computerized systems, things of that nature before AI like came to be. But technology, embracing computers, knowing how to use leverage technology is still important. But I think that students are choosing to work and balance school more so now than ever because they want money in their pocket too. These employers are paying more money than they did 20 years ago. So I think that opportunity cost again is at play and that that our students, most of our students, 90% of our students are working a job. 90% of your students are working while they're attending school. They are. Now, I don't remember, again, this Mm -hmm. is a long time ago. I don't remember kids having that many kids having to work while they're going to school. Do you think some of that is just because the cost of school itself has gone up so precipitously? That's a factor, but I really think it's more that students have responsibilities and they want money in their pocket. So they choose to, to work too. There's jobs available out there that are paying $20, $25 an hour that aren't as labor intense as they used to be. So more service industry job, whether it be food service, hotel, hospitality jobs. The manufacturing industry is much more automated than it used to be. So it's a much cleaner, automated environment. So the jobs are easier. So I think those are all reasons that they're choosing to work and come to school at the same time. Enrollment is down in colleges nationwide. Also, Mm -hmm. staffing is down at colleges nationwide and faculty is down nationwide. Are you experiencing here at AB Tech also those challenges in staffing and faculty while enrollment is also dropping? Are those challenges happening here too? Oh yeah. Again, I think it's an opportunity cost for our students. It's also an opportunity cost for staff and faculty as they see options out there to apply their expertise in different areas that pay more than education so they can make twice as much working at a programmer at a private entity than they could teaching programming here at AB Tech. So it boils down to opportunity costs. So more and more, it's a challenge to get those teachers. They got to really love it, be passionate about the classroom to teach here. So most of our instructors are adjunct instructors. So they they teach here part-time and work a full-time job, just like our students do. Is it now, just like I see at universities, are a greater percentage of instructors here adjunct than used to be, like in yesteryear? I think it's probably about the same. It's one of the beauties of the community college models, but it's also one of the flaws of the community college model in that we are not providing the same level of funding that the universities are to hire full-time faculty and staff. That's always been a challenge at the community college and remains a challenge, likely even more now than ever as the demand in the private sector, the pay in the private sector has is more enticing to a particular person in a particular field versus teaching. What is unique in terms of the challenges you're facing that UNC system schools may not face that other schools that are funded by the state, or at least in part funded by the state, don't see the challenges in the way that community colleges and technical schools do? Sure. Universities are residential campuses, so their students live and reside on on campus. Typically, when you have the students residing on campus, 
they tend to take more credit hours. The more credit hours a student takes, the more FTE that institution earns. The universities, the state legislature awards the universities much more FTE per credit hour taken than they do the community colleges. Why is that? Is it simply a matter of students are paying more to be at UNC's and at the state university system, students are paying more, so we're going to pay teachers more and staff more? Is it that simple math or is there some other politic about this? I think there's a variety of factors. One, a lot of universities do research. They do cooperative education. They work hand in hand with business industry and do a lot of research with those entities. So with that, they it's more expensive to operate. So therefore, the funding model is more too. Yes, the tuition is higher at those institutions. So with that, they can provide more of that FTE funding to the universities. And also, it seems like when students, when you have more of your student base that's living on campus, it's probably easier to be part of their lives in a more full way and know their needs. Your challenges are so great here. You've got people coming at all life stages to study here and for all different reasons to come to school. Just even within the student services division, how do you even wrap your head around and stay current with all those varying needs that students come to you with? That's part of the beauty. We love the diversity and we we meet the individual where they are and we take them where they want to go. And so we work with that individual, make sure they're academically prepared, make sure they have the financial resources that they need to be successful, make sure they have the social support here on campus that they need. Can you talk more about the social support part of it? Because again, when they're not on campus, what does student life look like <laughs> right. at a community college that isn't a residential school? What right. does student life look like and how do you attend to the social elements at a time in their young people's lives, when we're talking specifically about college-aged students, when they're very vulnerable psychologically and understanding their place in the world? How do you attend to that when they're not in front of you all the time? That, that's a great challenge. It's a great question. Student engagement has always been a challenge where we are 100% of our students commute. No one lives here on campus that we know of anyway. And so all of our students are commuter students. So with that, it's naturally a challenge to engage the student in the life of the institution. But our instructors, our faculty do an amazing job creating learning activities that that engage the student and take into account the student's backgrounds, their interest, their work history, and make those lessons plans interesting, engaging for the students. So that's where a lot of the engagement happens at the community college, like hands-on in the classroom, automotive systems technology, for example. You can't get more hands-on than that, welding, cosmetology, aesthetics. Those students are really engaged with their instructors, learning from the experts in the classroom. That being said, we do have clubs and organizations that support the whole student outside the classroom. We have the National Society of Leadership and Success that has really blossomed over the years that engages students in service learning opportunities and learning different leadership aspects and service aspects. They do a service project. And so that's one example. We have Student Government Association a lot of the programs of study have specific clubs related to that area of study, like the nursing program, sonography, phlebotomy. Most of the allied health programs have a professional student organization that's tied to that 
entity where they get a little bit of that social aspect of college life. We also have events throughout the year. A couple of weeks ago, we had Earth Day. We had several hundred, maybe a, even a thousand students, faculty and staff, and members of the community up in the Beach Tree Deck and lots of vendors and celebrated Earth Day up there. So we do continue to engage the students. We have intramural activities through our health and fitness science program that students can engage in that. The Overlook is going live, and you can be part of our very first live podcasting event. I'll record conversations with Asheville Symphony Orchestra music director Darko Buderitz and the local old-time Americana duo The Resonant Rogues, along with a special guest to be named later. The Overlook Live happens Wednesday, September 27th at the Wortham Center for the Performing Arts. Tickets will go fast once they're on sale to the general public, but anyone joining my Patreon campaign through June gets in free. Go to patreon.com slash the Overlook podcast to support the show now and secure your ticket for the Overlook Live. I was surprised to learn that only about a quarter of your students are taking curricula slash academic based classes to either just pursue the AA degree unto itself or to take those credits and move on to a university that only about Mm -hmm. somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 7,000 of your students of the 23,000 students you have throughout the AB tech system. I would have just assumed most kids who come here, it's a stepping stone to more school, but that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. You mentioned the barbershop program. I'm wondering, are there other newer areas that AB tech has added whether it's certification programs that don't lead to further academic study per se, but are are about job prep that maybe AB Tech of yesteryear wouldn't have thought to add. We have emphasized always from day one. Our first program of study, for example, at AB Tech 60 years ago was our practical nursing program. So that's basically a a one-year nursing credential. And so we offered that for years. We discontinued that about eight years ago. And an example of a program we're bringing back is practical nursing because the hospital, the healthcare industry needs that credential back. So we are bringing that back in relation to that demand from our high schools, our our hospitals and healthcare industry. So that's an example of a program that we're bringing back. Our Woodfin site is home of all of our emergency services programs, so basic law enforcement training. Any programs that have been discontinued because they're no longer as relevant as they used to be? We do a program review every year, so we want to make sure that our credentials are viable, that they're going to lead to gainful employment, and that they're serving the needs of our greater business and industry sector. So one of our goals, our mission is to supply our local business industry with adequate workers that are competent to support their business industry needs so that they can thrive in the global economy. So we do evaluate those programs on a year-to-year basis. If we were to let go of a program, we bring in a new program. For example, brewing distillation fermentation because of obviously the blossoming brewing industry here in our service area, we brought that program on. Oh, about just, nine years ago. Just to be clear, you're, it's a making a brewery type yeah. program? That's correct. You, you learn how to make beer. 
That would have been dangerous when I went to school. I, just, <laughs> I don't know that right. that would have been a productive way of, but this, mm-hmm. that, that just reflects how things have changed. It is a science though. There, there's a lot of science that, and business that goes into that, that industry. So it's a very well-known program. The Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast is yeah. led by Jeff Irwin, who is very well-known in that industry globally. So we're very fortunate to have that program here at, at AB Tech. And so one of the things we found over, over the years is that based on industry need, and a lot of that industry needs workers in place. Our two-year degree was very popular when we first started that program. Now we're seeing those shorter t- certificate programs being more popular because again, our students want to work. That beer industry needs those people working. So we have adapted those credentials accordingly. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that really puts into context the immediacy of that students often come here with that they need something to work in the here and now for them, that even two years, a two year Mm -hmm. program is too long in a lot of cases. And you're also talking about how AB Tech is educating students for local work. You've touched on nursing, the brewer industry, culinary arts, it seemed to be a pipeline for local industry. Mm -hmm. Has that always been a focus of AB Tech or of community colleges in general, that they recognize that their students are living here, that they're rooted here, they're not mm-hmm. looking to move elsewhere, and that they need to prepare their students to work locally? Absolutely. That's been the core of the mission of the community college since its inception. So we want to provide, again, the workforce with adequately trained individuals that are going to contribute and help those individuals make it beyond a living wage and and have a sustainable career that they're happy in for many years to come. And then we retrain those individuals. So we do partner with local business industry to do customized training through our economic workforce development area. You just anticipated a question I was going to ask about partnerships with local business. Is for Since it was Mission Hospital, were they directly working with AB Tech on nurses who are coming through AB Tech's programs to... This is their first step in the professional world of professional training and that assuming that the graduates perform well in school, they have a job waiting for them coming out of school. Is that pretty much the expectation? Absolutely, for sure. In fact, we just renamed our nursing program the AB Tech School of Nursing. And one of our greatest partners is HCA Mission Hospital. A lot of our students do clinical work there. So as part of their school and learning, we partner with local business industry, in this case, the nursing program, HCA Mission. They train a lot of our students. They do clinical work, hands-on preparation there in addition to the classroom learning they have here on campus, they learn how to apply that knowledge in the workplace. And then at the end of that credential, they get hired as an associate degree nurse. Is the same thing happening in breweries and restaurants? Do you have partnerships Mm -hmm. with breweries and restaurants to have a pipeline in a sense for your students? Absolutely. We always begin with it in mind. So those specific programs like culinary They know the restaurant industry. They have connections in the restaurant industry. So if a student is a good student, they finish that credential, they're almost guaranteed a job. We have apprenticeship is a growing area. So a lot of our students are learning and earning while they're in school. And then they finish that credential and then they get full-time employment at those respective restaurants. Same thing with hospitality management. Now we've touched on 
the financial challenges, both to your students and also to your campus. You're working largely with an adjunct staff. But what is AB Tech's greatest challenges in maintaining this currency and relevancy in this ever-changing world where AI is coming in, students' needs are evolving? Where are your greatest challenges? I think our funding, I think that's one of our greatest challenges in that we, we have to be fiscally sound so that we can continue to start new programs that meet the business industry needs and the emerging needs of our business industry as that changes, as that grows, as that evolves over time. In order to start a new program, you need funding. The way that the North Carolina Community College is funded, uh, it's after the fact. So we have to build enrollment, earn FTE for funding, and therefore we can't, it's hard to start new programs. So we have to be entrepreneurship-minded and go out and raise that money on the front end and then start a new program by hiring full-time faculty. A lot of universities, they hit up their alumni for, hey, you've graduated this university, please give. Your graduates, some of them might be earning a lot of money in their fields, but you're not graduating, by and large, the kind of workers who are earning six figures and beyond regularly. Mm -hmm. So how important or not are alumni of AB Tech in terms of ongoing giving to the school? Extremely important. Once a student, always a student. So our alumni are incredibly important and give back in in so many ways. And one of those ways is obviously monetarily, but we do rely a great deal on business industry. As we supply the workforce needs to those business industries, we partner with them to contribute back to the institution so that we can award scholarships for our students to help offset some of those costs of attendance that, that is so important for their sustainability of enrollment. So it's a mix of reliance. We also have a grant writer who is part of our advancement office who is constantly looking for grant opportunities to help fund some new programs and sustain our existing programs so that we can offer new equipment to help better train our students and offer new programs. Is there anything we haven't talked about or we didn't address enough that you think is important for listeners to understand about the life and role of AB Tech? I do want to touch on our high school dual enrollment opportunities. So approximately 40% of the 6,000 curriculum students that are enrolled here are actually high school dual enrolled. So they are working on a high school degree. These are 11th and 12th graders by and large, but also taking AB Tech classes at the same time. So they're earned at free tuition. So a lot of our high school students are graduating with a high school diploma, but also completing six. 12, some even full-fledged associate degrees by the time they graduate high school. Are they finishing or some of those people finishing or at least getting a big jump on their general education requirements while they're in high school and they're fulfilling that at the same time? That must take a gobs of hours. How are they doing that? <laughs> it takes a lot of commitment and time of the student, but we do have a number of cooperative innovative high schools, the Buncombe County Early College right here on our Asheville campus, where a student can finish an associate of arts degree, a full-fledged associate of arts or associate science, associate fine arts degree. At the same time, they're completing a high school degree. So they finish high school and they have a two-year degree in pocket free of charge. So that's incredible. We also offer career and college promise classes out in our high schools where the students can are taking high school classes, obviously, but they're also taking AB Tech classes too. 
You mentioned that's a big part of what's happening here. Is that an increased part of what's happening here? It is an increased part of what is happening across the landscape of community colleges throughout the country, but in particular at, in North Carolina and at AB Tech, and we're very proud of that fact. It, it helps offset the cost of attendance, so the students that leave high school, graduate, they have those college credits in hand. They can bring them here at AB Tech, so it's fewer classes that they got to pay for tuition-wise, or if they go somewhere else, UNC Asheville, for example, they've completed those courses, so they can apply those courses towards a baccalaureate degree, but hopefully more so an associate degree here at AB Tech. Is there any movement? Have students made noise about adding a gaming program? There are some universities that have <laughs> right. like competitive games. We do. We, uh, have to, we do have a gaming club. So we're continuously listening to our students to see what might engage them in the life of the institution. So gaming is certainly one that's been mentioned and something that we've supported over time. Robotics is another example. I do want to emphasize too that while these short-term credentials are important, our students still want to complete full-fledged degrees. 35, 40% of our students do plan to transfer to a university after AB Tech and transfer to UNC Asheville, Western Carolina University, Warren Wilson, Montreat, and beyond UNC System Schools at NC State, Elizabeth City State, UNC Charlotte. So they start here and go places. I want to thank my guest today, Terry Brazier of Asheville Buncombe Technical College. Our theme music for the Overlook, Maker's Song, comes courtesy of the Asheville band The Resonant Rogues. The Overlook is a production of Podcast Asheville. New episodes are online by 6 a.m. every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for our newsletter at podavl.com. And please support the show by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash The Overlook Podcast. I'm Matt Pikin, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Overlook.